All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Providence POV. It's Joe and Peter here. It's Thursday, February 29th. You'll be listening to this on Friday, March 1st. Today should be March 1st, but it is leap year. So happy leap day to everybody and happy anniversary of the Gus Johnson Woo Pipkins call from four years ago when the 2020 Providence Friars punched their ticket to the dance by winning on the road at Villanova, uh, sealed by Lawan Pipkins' turnaround jump shot on Colin Gillespie breaking his ankles. Had to throw that one in there for uh, Matt St. Jean. Um, but Peter, how you doing today? I'd be doing better if uh, we did that to Marquette on Wednesday night, but well, we did. And yeah, sorry to come in so sad, but it was no it, plenty to be about. Yeah, it's one. It's, it was one of those games where I, I think you and I talked earlier in the week on our preview episode. Like we didn't we didn't say it like directly, but you can kind of could tell by. I guess like our conversation and how we are talking and how we phrase stuff that we didn't expect uh, to win. No, uh, it would have been really, obviously, really nice to win. They would have basically like we did a handful of years ago against Nova. They would have most likely probably ninety five percent of the way punched their ticket, and yeah. they ended up laying laying an egg. And they didn't show up for the first ten minutes of the game. And on the road against the number five team in the country. You can't do that, right? Like you can get away with that in a handful of games, and I think they have gotten away with that in some of the games this year. You because you can, but when you're on the road at Marquette, uh, a team that is not trying that, that that doesn't want to get swept by you. You already beat them once. They they know that, and they're at home. They're one of the best teams in the Big East, one of the best teams in the country. They came out flat, and we, as we know, it, it, it nothing really changed down the stretch. Even though they they made it a competitive they made it a competitive game out after the first ten minutes. The score doesn't say that. They just were never really in it. Yeah. Um, I'm in agreement with you. You know, I think our tone was crystal clear. And if it wasn't, then <laughs> maybe we're just uh, we're idiots. But um, I don't. I wasn't expecting a win on the road over fifth-ranked Marquette. Uh, like I had mentioned last episode, this was a nice-to-have, not a must-have. But uh, with that said it would have been nice to have gotten off the bus with an ounce of energy and mm-hmm. willingness to defend. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bury the lead here the game was lost in the first nine minutes when Marquette took a 27 to four lead with 1044 left to play. The game was over like that. That was it. You knew we were losing the game and what makes it worse is from that 1044 mark to the end of the game, Providence outscored Marquette 65-64. So when I say like we lost our that game in the first nine minutes, we quite we quite literally outscored Marquette for 31 minutes of the game, but still lost. Like that is bad. Mm-hmm. That's how bad our defense was the first 10 minutes of the game. Um and you know, Peter, you and I were texting about this last night. If it wasn't leap day. Today, I was going to you know, make this episode uh, Groundhog Day because we've seen this far too often from this Providence team this season, even with Bryce Hopkins in the picture. They show up to a road game with no energy, you know, no defensive, you know, hustle or integrity for that matter. And, you know, we fold over in the first quarter, the first quarter, meaning the first 10 minutes of the first half. This happened at Oklahoma. 
you and I were talking about this before we jumped on air. It happened at Creighton, but mind you, it was the first game without Hopkins. It happened at St. John's. It happened at Villanova. And it happened again last night at Marquette. And the result this time, you know, we weren't able to chip away and overcome, you know, a double digit deficit. You know, we rolled over and lost by 22. Um, I'm honestly, uh, I was thankful that it was only 22 and Marquette didn't drop a 30 piece on us, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Marquette avenges their uh, 15 point loss uh, at the start of conference play. Uh, Providence moves ever so closer to the outside looking in um, and finds themselves in a very interesting position uh, this upcoming Saturday, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, Specific to this game, uh, you know, Ticket Gaines is the guy who who sticks out to me. Uh, If we're finding silver linings here, he he brought it offensively. He brought it in terms of hustle, energy, leadership, and – it kind of stopped there be after him. Yeah. You mentioned, you meant Joe in your, in your beginning, you mentioned defense, right? In the first nine minutes of the game, right? And look, obviously the offense always takes center stage in the day and age of basketball, especially college basketball, obviously definitely the NBA, but obviously the offense did not start good. They weren't, they weren't efficient. Uh, Mark credit to Marquette. They were very good defensively in that first half. Um, and throughout the game for the most part, uh, especially in the first nine minutes, but I thought I thought the effort, like you said, defensively was just not there. I did not use to get off the bus, to not get off the bus, or theoretically get off the plane. I mean, hell, and they didn't even get on the plane. If we're t- they should have probably just stayed home. Uh, I agree with you on that. Um, but to do that and then sh- not show up in one of the bigger games of the year, one of the games where you're not favorite, you're not expected to win, you already beat this team once. But have like it's it's tough to say this, but have some pride, right? Like there was there was nothing, there was nothing on that sideline and on that court that showed that they cared and that they wanted to win that game. Like like, am I going too far? Probably, but when you get your teeth kicked in in the first nine minutes, ten minutes of the game, like it's up for question, right? Like. You have guys not defending. You have guys looking like they're lost on defense, not closing out, not rebounding, let alone missing shots on offense. And I get it. We're not a good shooting team. We're not the most crisp offensive team. And I get it. Marquette's a very good defensive team. They match up, I think, pretty well with how we play with our two main guys being a center and a guard. I think they match up pretty well. Marquette's a good matchup for us. Say it again. Marquette uh, on paper is a good matchup for us, and that's why – um, much easier said than done now, but that's why the first matchup yeah. was so beneficial for us because, well, obviously Hopkins was in the picture, but they didn't have enough guy. They didn't have the defensive ability to guard all of our offensive weapons the first mm-hmm. time around. Um, but continue. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. No, no, I no, I agree. But yeah, offensively they weren't making shots, but not to not show up on the defensive side of the ball was was tough, right? Like. It, it, it was one of those games where you never felt like they were in it after the first handful of minutes. They started slow, even though Marquette started slow, and then nothing really got going after the 10 minutes, but that game was over at that point, right? When you're not coming back in that game, um, you would have to outscore them by 20-plus points in the remaining of the game. I don't think you're doing that on the road at Marquette, and they did it, right? And I, I, I didn't love the effort from anybody and I, outside of Ticket. 
I think. Um, I thought Adoro was sluggish and slow. I thought Devin Carter was outside of the second half. Was He wasn't great. Jaden Pierre had no – it looked like he didn't care on defense. And look, is it a coaching issue? It might be, right? Like Kim English, one of the younger coaches in the Big East, um, playing against a veteran in Shaka Smart who has coached for, for different teams, been to NCAA tournaments, won Big East tournament titles, right? All that kind of stuff. Something Kim hasn't accomplished and hasn't been able to accomplish yet. Uh, obviously, but it's just one of those things. Like, where is it coming for it come, coming from? Is it coming from the staff or is it coming from the players or it's a combination of both? I would probably say it's a combination of both. I'm going to say it's a combination of both. Um, and in the post-game press conference, Kim do- did take credit. Um, you know, he said that there was no energy and that as the coach, that's on him. Um, Sometimes, though. And... This isn't exclusive to Kim English. This is just coaches in general. I feel like that's a cop-out for the players, right? Like, you say, oh, I'm the coach, that's on me. Like, college athletes, they know what they're signing up for, you you Mm -hmm. know, and especially now in the name of, in the age of name, image, and likeness, right? Like, you know, the better you are as a player, the more NIL money you're going to pocket. So, um, you you should come to the game. You should show up to the court wanting to play, wanting to win. Um, and you know, outside, like I said, outside of ticket, um, and I think outside of second half, Devin Carter, it, it, we didn't look like we wanted to win. And when I say we, I mean the players on the court, um, you know, defensive body language was just not there. Like you said, you know, Pierre was getting blown by, uh, on the dribble drive. Uh, Kim said something great in post-game press conference and i forget who it was about but it was about you know defending defending cuts to the basket and it's like if you know somebody's gonna cut guard them and then first basket of the game was hold on what's the play-by-play first basket of the game was oh stevie mitchell that's who it Mm -hmm. was stevie mitchell cuts to the basket layup like if that's the prep and that's what you go over in practice and that's the first basket of the game you know it's going to be a long night, and that's what Kim said, and that's not word for word, um, but to that tune. So yeah, to your point, Peter, I think it's a combination of both. I think um, the coaches the coaches need as a whole on the season, they need to get do a better job of having these guys ready to play on the road because, quite honestly, other than at Seton Hall and at DePaul – we haven't really, and at UConn, okay, so maybe it's, I'm, I'm talking myself out of it, but on fewer occasions than not, Providence has shown up, you know, ready to play. Uh, more often than not, we show up on the road, you know, with no energy, yeah. no defensive intensity, no hustle, um, and, and it's a really sickening trend because, you know, we've proven that without Bryce Hopkins – we can win basketball games. We can win basketball games in the Big East, yeah. and we can win basketball games against top-tier opponents. So mm-hmm. the that excuse is getting old um, for, from people on Twitter, from you know opposing fan bases, you know from the 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 powers that be that you know nationally talk about college basketball and who's going to be in the tournament, right? Like the Bryce Hopkins excuse is getting old. This is a good team even without him. Devin Carter is a Big East player of the year, front-running candidate, an All-American candidate. He's going to the NBA next year. Like, the team has talent. 
Um, mm-hmm. So all of that combined makes it so much more disheartening when they lay such an egg to start a big game like this the way that they did. And keep in mind, this isn't even a game that we needed to win. It's just mm-hmm. the way that they they showed up that that sucks. It, it just straight up sucks. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of the road games, right? We haven't showed up in, right? And I and I 100% agree. And I'm not discrediting discrediting anything you just said because it's true. The funny thing is, it's for the major. If you probably broke down the, our road losses, where you mentioned a couple minutes ago, all the game or the hand, four to five games that we didn't show up in the big games, right? And where if you look at the majority of those minutes, we're competitive in the majority of the minutes. It's just we're so uncompetitive in a five to 10 minute stretch mm-hmm. in each of those games where those other 25 to 30 minutes where we actually showed up and looked like we gave a, you know what? It didn't matter. That's the more frustrating thing in my opinion, right? Like, like last night um, you said after the first nine minutes or whatever, we won 65 to 64. That is frustrating mm-hmm. because it's not like you got beaten down throughout the entirety of the game. You showed up for the majority of the game. It's just the first nine minutes, you were putrid. You were putrid. And that has become a trend. It's happened It's happened sometimes, Joe, in, in later in the games. Uh, maybe end of the first half. The St. John's went at home, right? From that like, 940 mark, we scored like five points, right? To end yeah. the first half. I think we ended up winning the game because it wasn't that bad as we saw last night against Marquette. But we have these stretches of eight to ten minutes of basketball where we look lost, where we look confused, where where we have no effort, where we don't score, where we don't defend, where we don't do anything right, and we end up costing ourselves because the majority of the game we are either in the game, competitive, or winning the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, you know, I'm looking at this at the stat sheet now, and. If you told me before yesterday, and I love playing this game, if you told me before yesterday that Providence was going to fly to Marquette, shoot 41% from the field, 46% from deep, going 12 for 26, 68% from the line with 28 rebounds, 15 assists, 7 steals, and 5 blocks, and score 69 points, mm-hmm. I tell you, damn, we win that game. But then you look at the Marquette side of things, and you look, you see that... Providence also let up 91 points defensively, right? And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, defensive stats don't always show up on, on on the box score. And this was this was the driver of Kim English's press conference last night, right? Like this was the common theme that he kept coming back to, and it's that the stat sheets are, have you know some glaring similarities on them with regards to the way that the teams shot the ball. Uh, shooting percentages, field goals made versus field goals attempted, three-point shooting percentage, you know, steals, rebounds, blocks, etc. But the one thing that's not on the stat sheet is effort, right? And mm-hmm. that it, it, we just keep coming back to that, is that, you know, we as, you know, good of a game on paper offensively that this team played, even if it's only over a 31-minute span, the, the piss-poor defense to start the game it really it, it did us in. Yeah. And Marquette shot the ball particularly really well uh, from the well, field and from the, from right. the three. They were 53.8% from, from three. They shot 14 for 26. And look, I think that's also them having a really good shooting night. Teams 
10 in the Big East to shoot really well at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it with Creighton a million times compared to when they play on the road. And I think we've seen it a ton of times with Marquette, right? And I think we've seen it a ton of times with Providence as well. Teams tend to shoot really well at home. It's not a new thing. It's always happened in the Big East. But I also think that was a result of them getting multiple open looks, right? And that Marquette's a really good team, like a really, really good team. They're fifth in the country for a reason. So you can't give this team endless open looks because we saw on Wednesday night they're going to burn you, and they did burn you. They shot basically 57% from the field, and they hit 53% of their threes in a night, Joe, where we shot the ball really well from three. Yeah, We were 12 for 26. We were 46% from three. This wasn't a really – like outside of the first eight minutes, the offense was not great. Offense was not probably the issue. You scored 69 points, right? Like that's where we're usually at the high 60s, low 70s in a lot of these biggies games, but you ended up giving up almost close to an NBA score with 91 points because – Right, we, we were talking about that the last episode. Yeah. NBA scores. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were. We were talking about with the Kentucky and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, it's a combination of, I think, not closing out. I think it's a combination of giving them open looks. And Marquette's a good basketball team, right? Like, they're a really They're a top five team for a reason. Yeah, and they shot the ball really well. Um, And that that was unfortunate. And, look, Cole took – and this is a night where Cole had 12 points and took four shots. And he left the game injured, only played 18 minutes. Yeah, like that that's a little bit of an issue. And they had guys step up that haven't stepped up a lot. Um, where's this guy? Norman was two for three from three. I saw I think a graphic or tweet before heading into the game. He was two for like twenty one or twenty two from three and then ends up going matching that on the year and going two for three from three, which is like of yeah. course. But you have like Stevie Mitchell, who's not a known for his three point shooting or shooting in general, goes five for six from the field, it's two for three from three. Uh, Ross with three for four from three. Uh, Gold, who looked like we made, a legit backup center, something that we don't have. We made uh, Ben Gold look like he was Shaquille O'Neal last night, like man, with the way that he was playing. We could use a Ben Gold, dude. I know he's not that good, man, but like he, he's not that good. That's the problem. We, we could use a backup center like him. Well, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about Castro. But like someone just to get in the way of people and just push people around a little, right? Like that's what you need right. out of a backup center. If you have the Iguodaros of the world or the Josh Duros of the world, you don't need an elite backup center. You well, need a guy to come in and play 10 minutes, rebound, defend, and push people around a little. Here's the thing is if Will McNair didn't leave. Yeah. yeah. And what I'm I starting. A, I started a rabbit hole then. Yeah, you did. I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, I won't even say it. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I won't, every, I won't even. I won't I won't go down that path actually, but you're right. We do, we do need, you know, backup depth at the five spot. Um, and I think, you know, that is coming in the off season, not to sound like a Georgetown fan and to start talking about what's going on in the off season. Um, but anyway, you're totally right. Marquette is a good team, Peter, back to the, the original game (laughs) post game breakdown. Uh, Marquette's a good team. They're fifth in the nation for a reason. As annoying as he is, and as as much time, and for as much time that he likes to spend on the court, Shaka Smart's a good coach, and you know damn well that they had this one circled for a long time. Uh, it's very rare that Marquette starts conference play getting their their teeth kicked in, so they wanted revenge. You know, I think vengeance was their word of the week, um, and they certainly played like it. They played with a chip on their shoulder. They wanted this game. They got it. Um, now, with that said. As well as Marquette shot the ball, uh, 
That's also because of Providence's lack of energy. Normally, we're, we're pretty good on our, our three-point closeouts. We were a step behind. Uh, you know, that's why Marquette made as many threes as they did. And, you know, it, it just goes back to, to energy and hustle, right? Like, you can't have our guards getting cooked on dribble drives. You just can't. Yeah. Right? Like, Jaden Pierre lost his man near midcourt on a, a half-court set. Like, that's bad. Like, I don't know. I, I, we don't have to get into specifics. It was just, it, it was a, a, a disgusting uh, defensive performance. The first nine minutes are, are, are going to really go down in fryer infamy. But um, in this league, we you have to have, you know, short-term memory loss. I know that's a coolie quote, but, you know, it's one of the things that he actually said that wasn't fluff and is true um, because now Villanova comes to town and, uh, Saturday's matchup, which I'm seeing on Twitter, is going to be a beach theme uh, mm-hmm. for the students. Saturday's matchup is probably the most important game of the year for Providence. And it's against a Villanova team who has three of the most important games of the year ahead of them. Yeah. We talked on during, earlier this week, right, Joe? No matter what happened on Wednesday night, Villanova on Saturday was a must win. I, I well, never mind. Let's. I'll, I'll backtrack. Nothing. So I'm going to backtrack what I just said because that's technically not true. Nothing. What happened on Wednesday night doesn't. Man, where am I going with this? Okay, let's see. Doesn't matter what happened Wednesday night anymore. I think I know what you're trying to say. I don't know. I had it. Started saying something else. Then lost it. So that's the beauty of podcasting. You're not using your brain. Um. <laughs> Basically, Saturday is a freaking important. That's probably what I was probably supposed to say. But I don't know what I'm, now I'm annoyed at myself because I had something that I thought was very clever and now I lost it. Well, regardless of what happened Wednesday night. Thank you. Thank you. That's why. Okay, you keep going because I'm going to mess it up again. Yeah. Regardless of what happened Wednesday night, um, it was still just as important to close out the final three games as strong as you could. Um, you know, would a win on the road over a fifth ranked uh, conference opponent do really do you a really big solid in terms of um, punching your ticket and taking a step closer to, you know, being squarely off the bubble and in the tournament a hundred percent, but beating Villanova on Saturday and then beating Georgetown on Tuesday are equally as important because Mm -hmm. if you beat Marquette and then you lose to Villanova and, I'm not even going to talk about the unthinkable after that. The win gets negated. So I think that's the point you were trying to make, Peter. As nice as a win would have been on Saturday, you still need to take care of yeah. business on, uh, on, excuse me, as nice as a win would have been on Wednesday, you still need to take care of business on Saturday. Um, in terms of Big East uh, tournament seating as well, you know, this could very well determine, you know, who gets the first round by between these yeah. two teams and who yeah. doesn't have to play on Wednesday night at Madison square garden. I would probably most likely say province is probably out of the running for that fourth spot. Like I would still say there's an outside chance, but you had to probably win against Marquette on Wednesday. Um, there's still a chance. Only two back in the loss column of Seton hall. So I, I crazier things have happened in mm-hmm. sports. So I'm not going to, not going to roll it out. Um, but There's most likely we can finish fourth. I think it's like a 4% chance. Yeah. 
but it, again, four percent. Yes. Not, not so you're likely. you're most likely playing for the final, like Joe just said, that final buy, right? So it's important to obviously jump Villanova, um, stay ahead of St. John's for that fifth spot. Uh, but it's also important because you have to go. We we said earlier this week you have to go one and one this week, and yeah. you st- everything's still in front of you to go one and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're 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 a desperate team. It's an interesting matchup on Saturday because you're playing against two very desperate teams. Both teams need this win. Uh, Villanova's still on the bubble, firmly on the bubble. Still have everything in front of them if they want to make the NCAA tournament. This would help them a great ton for a quad one victory. And obviously for Providence, you want to take care of business at home. Um, you want to go one and one. You want to avenge your loss earlier in the year, a couple weeks ago to Villanova, where you got absolutely embarrassed at the Wells Fargo Center. I was there. I was embarrassed. I'm assuming everyone on that court was embarrassed. I That's embarrassing. That's more embarrassing than, than what happened Wednesday night. Yeah, they're both embarrassing. But I, I, I would, I would agree. I would agree. Um, well, should, we it, start, should we start ranking embarrassing losses this year? Well, we honestly, we might have to have a podcast to to, to go through the embarrassing losses. But <laughs> um, yeah, no. Listen, this is as bubbly of a matchup, and that's been the theme now for a couple of weeks here. Um, with these, you know, middle of the pack Big East teams, but this is as bubbly. <laughs> bubbly of a matchup as you can get yeah i would say if you look at most brackets providence is a hair ahead of villanova but yeah. but again like it, it is neck and neck right now last night's loss pushes providence closer uh to villanova's position but these two teams are next to each other on the bubble this will be a massive game on all fronts in terms of, you know, bubble positioning, Big East tournament standings and seating, um, you know, if for, you know, morale, right? Like Villanova's had an up and down year. Providence has had an up and down year, uh, you know, going into this home stretch here, going into March, like you want to start picking up, you know, wins, right? Because mm-hmm. success translates and success is, um, oh, shoot. What was the word I was going to say? Success. I, I gave you whatever I just had. What's that? I gave you my brain fog. That I know. Now I have brain fog. Um, success is contagious. How could I not for, remember that? Oh boy, it's like, been like been fog. a long twenty four hours. Um, success is contagious. So, you know, you got to take care of business. And for what it's worth, this isn't meant to be a knock, but th- this is a very average Villanova team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. They beat the doors off of Georgetown. Before that, they had won three straight against Seton Hall at Georgetown and against Butler. Um, they lost by 24 on the road at UConn. Um, but, you know, none of that matters right now because all that's important is that, uh, you know, we play them on Saturday. And yeah. we wipe away the shitty performance that we produced on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And look, Nova's dealing with a little bit of in- the injury bug right now. Uh, TJ Bamba did not play on Tuesday night against Georgetown with uh, it's either fr- it was a face fracture, I think they said, or a Ooh. fracture in his face. Both are two totally different things. Um, so, but he didn't play. He was sitting on the bench, but he didn't play on Tuesday, and that that that's a difference. If he doesn't play, end up playing Saturday, and you won't know for like an hour before the game time because that's how college sports work. But like, he's one of their one of their key playmakers um, on the outside, very good at getting into the lane. But look, Nova's not a good road team like Providence, 
both not good road teams. Obviously, thank God this game is at home. But both teams, like I said a couple minutes ago, are very desperate. Both teams basically need this win um, if they want to keep pushing towards keep pushing towards the NCAA tournament. And look, Friars at home, there's probably a bit more pressure on Providence at the moment, even though I think they're at the moment the season ended today, they're safely in the, not safely, they're in the NCAA tournament. Um, unlike I think Villanova will be on the outside looking in right now. The season ended today. But you're at home. You just got boat raced by Marquette, which we thought we were going to lose. Didn't think we were lose like that. But you need to go win this game. Like, you have to go win this game. Like, St. John's had to beat Butler Wednesday night because of the remaining schedule the rest of the year. And they did. I think Providence has to go win this game. I think that kind of bodes well. A desperate team or the more desperate team kind of wins in this scenario. Friars are 14-2 and at home this year overall, including non-conference. Villanova's three and seven on the road this year, including non-conference and conference. Right, so like the metrics tell you, Providence. Uh, I think they have to. They have to come out firing. Uh, even though it's a new tip, the amp's gonna be, amp's gonna, amp's gonna be buzzing. Um, it's gonna be popping a little. I and saw I think, today. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I saw today that uh, students are getting extensions to stay on campus over spring break. Um, the UConn game. That's a uh, shit. That's for UConn. Never mind. Yeah. Write that down. We'll talk about that next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, for the UConn game. Spring breaks during March uh, March Madness. It's during the Big uh, East tournament. Big East tournament. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but thank you, NAP. Not NAP, I'm not a student anymore, but thank you, NAP, to the students uh, that are – that because that obviously one of the reasons Providence has such a home court advantage uh, is because of the students. Um, but no, look, look, Joe, you have – price of everything in front of them. I think I said this about 700,000 times this year. It's been that type of year. Um, how do they bounce back after getting embarrassed? Uh, you would think this team would show up with, with a little little like, little like chip on their shoulder, right? So something, something to prove because right now our lasting memory of this team heading into this weekend is that embarrassment they put on against Marquette. Have a little chip on their shoulder. Show some pride on the defensive ball, side of the ball. This game – is going to feel like an old school Big East game where both teams are kind of grinding it out. And I, I do think if you can hit some shots from the outside, you have, you probably win this game. Yeah. It, 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 like you said, Peter, it's going to come down to who wants it more. Um, you know, obviously there are X's and O's that go into that as well, but um, I just don't feel like talking about that, especially after, you know, we executed X's and O's offensively <laughs> on Wednesday, but uh, you know, we just didn't want to win. Um, so it, 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 it's going to come down to who wants it more, not who needs it more. Um, we're, we're in similar positions at a similar point in the season. Um, very, very, very pivotal game. Like you said, noon tip, a uh, little on the earlier side, but <laughs> Providence students know how to wake up and lubricate. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that one. Um, beach theme, which uh, started, well, I, I don't know. If, if it was ever done before that, but the beach theme started my senior year when okay. I was president of fanatics and we got the athletic department to give us like the blow up trees and all that. Um, and it was against, so I was a freshman. You were a freshman. It was against Marquette at home. Um, yep. This was the, the Lawan Pipkins, David Duke game where they Pipkins threw Duke like three alley-oops. Mm -hmm. But uh, ever since then, the beach game at the dunk has been, freaking electric uh you know it always turns out a good student crowd everybody is always really drunk um 
it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to be a student at the beach theme mm-hmm. at the dunk or the amp whatever the hell it's called it's always going to be the dunk no i agree and look noon start yeah well, at least we get the game out of the way if it's stressful or not so you don't have to wait all day which i kind of like on fox on fox broadcasted yes um yeah. But no, yeah, like you have to, you kind of have to wipe away what happened Wednesday night, right? Like, and it, it, look, we, Joe, you and I have said this kind of theme multiple times this year, like, kind of like, who do you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this Saturday is going to tell you exactly where this team wants to be. If they want to make the NCAA tournament or if they don't want to make the NCAA tournament, right? Like, that seems like it's a lot of pressure, but it is when you're 18 and 10, which is a, a good record, but you're on that bubble right now. Most people have you inside the bubble, but you're still on the bubble with three games remaining and this being a home game, right? You have to go, you have to go show out and you kind of have to go win this game. It's probably 99.9% of a must win, right? Like right. it's that close to being a must win. Uh, and you, a lot of biggies teams are in that position. St. John's was, like I said earlier, was in that position last night against Baller. So was Baller. Right. Uh, both well, teams were in a must win and Baller got boat raced at home. So we probably kind of see where Baller is now. After beating us, well, uh, that's gonna piss me off. I'm so glad you just brought that up, St. John's and Butler, because as much in terms of being on the bubble, as much of it is that's in your control, meaning you know you win the games you're supposed to win Mm -hmm. and avoid losses that you're not supposed that you're not supposed to lose. Um, So much of being on the bubble is what's happening with the other bubble teams around you. Take, for example, St. John's and Butler. Last week, we had written off St. John's as out of the tournament, and we did because of what they've done over the over the past week and a half. They're now squarely back on the bubble. Yeah. Meanwhile, Butler, who when we they beat us, it was a quadrant one loss because at that point in the season, Butler was a bubble team on the inside looking out. Right, like they were in the tournament. Butler's lost five games and has been eliminated from an at-large bid. Like so much changes, Swings really fast. It, it so much changes and so much of uh, being on the bubble is rooting against the other teams that are on yeah. the bubble. And <laughs> back to Providence, especially when you're playing them, because I I I don't like most of the teams in the Big East to begin with. If you're, you know, people in my Friar group chats know very well. I basically hate everyone in the Big East, like mm-hmm. literally everyone. Maybe, maybe not to Paul, but um, how do you hate the Paul? Well, I hated Dave Lado. I thought I, I thought he was a shitty coach, but um, yeah, fair enough. I hate everyone in the Big East, so it's it's all it's often hard to 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 tell who who gets the hate, who gets most of the slack from me, but Villanova is definitely towards the top of that list. So now on top of hating Villanova, I want them to lose because I want to win the game. And because I want them to slide off the bubble yeah, down the bubble away from us. And Joe, maybe closing thoughts here because of Saturday, right? Like, or what's coming this weekend for the big East like Wednesday night, this past week was a huge bubble week, right? You had province Marquette province had a chance to, get maybe squarely off the bubble for a bit minute. St. John's Butler, huge bubble game, all that kind of stuff. Seton Hall, Creighton, Seton Hall had a chance to get off the bubble and they didn't, right? Uh, this weekend, you really don't have that that much. Outside of Villanova Providence, uh, you have Villanova Providence, which obviously a huge bubble game. Butler, DePaul, not a bubble game at the moment. Butler, can't, Butler beating DePaul doesn't move the needle. Marquette, Creighton, huge game after our game. 
not a bubble game at all, but a huge, huge, huge game. Uh, X at Georgetown, not a bubble game. Sunday is another bubble game. Seeing Hall at UConn. I'm going to assume UConn wins after losing already this year. But like I said, if Seton Hall has another chance this week to get a road win uh, and get off that bubble. Yeah. But it's a weird weekend kind of, right? Like there's only like – There's only one true bubble game, right? Like, Yeah. Like like, Seton Hall can save themselves, get off the bubble in a good way. Uh, But outside of that, there's not a game between two bubble teams. There's some good games. Like Marquette Creighton's going to be a hell of a game at Creighton. That's right after our game. But – there's not a true outside of our game, like a true two bubble team. No, um, you know, Butler is no longer playing for an at large. Uh, Xavier is not playing for an at large. UConn, Marquette, Creighton are all squarely in with high seeds. DePaul is, you know, still looking for its first win in the conference, which, you know, given the way Butler and DePaul have both been playing, you know, a win for that game is going to be hard to find. And, Mm-hmm. Georgetown, you know, is again not not playing for anything against Xavier. The really the the only two teams that are playing for a meaningful positioning are Providence and Villanova, right? And then Alto Seton Hall as well. Honestly, given the way that UConn has played revenge basketball over the past two seasons, I feel like they're going to beat Seton Hall by fifty. Oh, I don't think Seton Hall's a shot. In I'm not even. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Like, oh no, I know it. Yeah. They're there. If they win that game, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, I know what you mean. I'm just, <laughs> oh, I, just, I don't, I'm not picking them to win the game. Yeah. Not even giving them a shot, but especially at UConn. And then, like you said, revenge game for UConn. Yeah. All right. I think we, we, we've beaten the dead horse enough. Um, yeah. Providence uh, drops an embarrassing loss to Marquette. Marquette beats us by 22, 91 to 69. Uh, Devin Carter uh, shockingly put up 18 points. Uh, Ticket chipped in with 15, uh, Corey Floyd with 13, and Josh with 12. They'll take the court again, as we've mentioned, um, in a very bubbly, <laughs> I keep doing that, bubbly matchup against Villanova. The game is Saturday at noon on Fox at home. Uh, if you're in the area, enjoy the game. I'm going up for it. Can't wait. Um, you'll hear from us again Tuesday morning. Uh, when Providence will get set to take on Georgetown. But until then, uh, for Peter DiBiase, I'm Joe Howie. Be sure you check out house.enterprise.com, house-enterprise.com, excuse me, to check out all the uh, great content that the House Enterprise writers and podcasters put out. But for Peter, this is Joe. Thank you for listening, and go Friars. Go Friars.